the University of Essex podcast, your non-stop shop to learn about our research, hear genuine student experiences, and to get all your questions answered. Welcome to Understanding University, the ultimate uni podcast. My name is Karina and I am a collaborative outreach assistant at the University of Essex and I work closely with our Aspire and Aspire Higher programs. And my name is Katie and I work for the outreach team alongside Karina at the university. If you have any questions about any topics we discuss, please use the hashtag understandinguni on Twitter or you can email outreach at essex.ac.uk. So in today's episode, we'll be discussing what life is like as an undergraduate student and provide you with some tips along the way. So today we have two guest speakers who are both current students at the University of Essex. Hello, Timia. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. Thank you, Karina, for the introduction. My name is Timia. I'm from Slovakia and I'm a student basically in my third year undergrad. I study a BA International Relations and Modern Languages. Thank you very much for that. And Rebecca, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, everyone. I'm Rebecca. I'm currently a master's student studying international human rights law. I did my undergrad here at Essex as well, and I did law with politics for the year abroad. Welcome, both of you. Thank you. So from a young age, we are continuing to learn and develop as we move our way through education. After college or sixth form, lots of students decide to go to university, where they continue to learn, improve and develop their skills and knowledge. To make the absolute most of your university experience, it's important to improve your study skills and prepare for your studies. And so today we'll be asking Tamir and Rebecca, our current students, how they study well, their top tips for engaging in lectures and seminars, and how you can prepare to make the most out of your degree when you go to university too. So students usually have anywhere between 8 to 30 contact hours per week at university. Um, these are usually spread, spread across the week and may mean that you might have a really busy day one day, um, but be completely free on another. The lessons have slightly different structures compared to what you may be used to at school or college. Some of these structures include a tutorial, labs, seminars and lectures. So Rebecca, would you like to tell us what a lecture is and what was your first experience of one? Okay, so a lecture is just, it's like a big classroom and it's usually filled with depend how big your course is but if your course is really if your course is big or average size usually filled with like hundreds of people and it's usually everyone that's doing that course and I had my first lecture my first lecture at the beginning of I think at the beginning of freshers week because you we had taster sessions and I got to see everyone that was doing the law course as well even that was doing a joint degree I, I would go to the law classes with everyone that was doing law and I would go to the politics classes with everyone that was doing politics. So it's basically just a big hall with everyone that's studying your course. Thank you very much for that. And how would you best sort of advise students to prepare for lectures or seminars ahead of time? What I usually do is, because I really struggle to stay attentive in lectures so I usually like try to prepare beforehand by going through the powerpoints and with law it's a lot of reading so I try to go through the reading list before the lecture that way I know what the lecture is talking about because sometimes it can get very technical and difficult 
So it's best to you know have knowledge before going into the lectures and also having study buddies as well. So you can study together and they also make you accountable and make you attend lectures because you're studying together and they see you, then they make you go. So I think that's how I did my how I did my plans for lectures. Um, could you just expand on what a reading list is for our listeners that may not know what that means? Okay, so a reading list is a list of readings that you usually have to do before a lecture or a tutorial. And it could be two books to 12. It, does, it, it really depends on what the topic is. And sometimes it will be cases for law or like actual books or journals. And it's just basically to expand your knowledge and to make you understand the, either the debates or the reasoning for the topic that you're covering. Timia, what is your sort of experience with lectures or seminars? Um, I have to say that I was really excited. I remember it. For me personally, it was like from a movie that there were so many students in one place, uh, you know, getting into one big hall and room sitting, getting to know new people. Um, so I was really excited about that. And then there was a lecture talking about the serious, uh, serious stuff. So that was uh, really, really nice. And um, I just want to mention that... Uh, like Rebecca said, uh, reading list is really useful for students. So you know uh, what the top, what the lecture is going to be about. So different topics. Uh, it can be about the past, about the present, but it's not. Uh, sometimes it can be um, one book or chapters of different um, topics or journals, um, and. Uh, well, I used to also uh, read it, go for it. Sometimes I just read abstracts. It really depends how many readings we have, but just to um, to get into, like, to know what we will be talking about, so I can also be a part of the sorry of the discussion at the end. Definitely, that's a great point. And I just wanted to ask about if you've had any experience with seminars and what they are like. Um, so, uh, my seminars, as I have a joint degree, uh, for me, it's uh, language. So, firstly, we have um, a class together discussing more grammar. And then um, during the seminars, we used to discuss it slightly and then go through different topics or how to understand it, to work for it. But basically, my, as I study international relations, I have um, lectures and classes. But it's, I would say the system is the same. So lectures, uh, learning, studying, getting to know the team, the topic, and then discuss it through classes. And do the sizes vary at all between lectures and seminars? Because as Rebecca mentioned, you can get up to hundreds of people in your lectures. Is it the same for seminars? Um yeah, it's um, not the same like with the lecture because there can be like 100 students, but usually the number for classes and seminars is around 15 students, not more than 20. It's like 10 to 15, so we can lead discussion and participate equally. That's great. Thank you very much for that.
Your courses may also offer different types of assessments, which is something that I thought would be important to mention. Um, my BA criminology course had an equal split between coursework and exams, and it did include some group work. And I really enjoy that split. I will say that I did enjoy doing both coursework and exams, even with the dissertation being really, really tough and extremely long. Um, Rebecca, how is your assessment split on your degree and do you have a preference? Um, with mine, it wasn't split 50-50, so some, some were exams and some were coursework. Back in my undergrad, I actually preferred exams to coursework because just coming out of sixth form, I enjoyed exams more because coursework is a long period of time while exams revise and you just do it there and there and that's it. But now and over the years, I prefer coursework because I'm starting to really enjoy my reading and taking my time and going through the essays bit by bit. So I think you could, your preference changes over time. But back with my undergrad, I did had some modules that were purely exam and I had some modules that were purely coursework. But I think it just depends on like the modules. It wasn't split 50-50 or anything. And then because I didn't really had optional modules, unlike some people. So some people had the option of having optional modules. So they could pick whether to do more exam-based or to do more coursework-based, depending on what they felt like. So mine was just a bit all over the place. I kind of got the feel of both. Thank you very much for that. And could you sort of expand on how much you had to write for your coursework as an undergraduate student? Like, what's the sort of normal word count for that? And how long would your exams usually be? Does it differ at all from college and sick form? Yes. <laughs> it's so long ago and I kind of remember all the way from first year. But I think about 2,000 words would be the amount for a coursework. And exam about two, three hours. My last exam I had for law was in second year because most of most of the exams I had was with the politics, and that was usually an hours, usually multiple choice, so that wasn't that bad. But with law, a lot it was problem questions and writing the answers, and that could take a long time to write about two hours. And then you get maybe like two to three questions. And sometimes that covers the whole year. So you have to like revise everything. So, yeah. Yeah, I can definitely agree with that. I do recall when I was doing my criminology degree as well in exams, just sitting there for up to three hours answering only three questions. But you do really have to expand on those questions. And they're obviously worth a lot more marks than what I was used to when I was writing my um, A-level exams. Uh, Timia, what about your course? How is the assessment split? Do you have a preference at all? Uh, so uh, basically we call it general assessments. But um, it's that belongs, for example, essays, then it can be also group work, uh, then there are different kind of exams or presentation. So it's a mixture of oral and um, written assignment. And um, and also then it happened to me that we had also a portfolio, port, I'm sorry, portfolio. So we had to collect our pieces of um, works we did so have like a proof that 
like of my work during the whole year. Um, essays uh, is the same, it's around 2,000 to 3,000 words. It really uh, varies. What is the, um, what's the value of that assessment? And um, coming back to uh, modules, uh, Rebecca slightly uh, touched that topic. So in my first year, I had composite modules, so there wasn't uh, that many modules I could choose from. But in the second and third year, it's um, more um, free, like it depends on the student what he or she wants to focus on. That's great. Thank you very much. And just to follow that up, Timia, do you use the library at all or student center? Um, what's your sort of experience with the on-campus sort of study spaces? Uh, I have to say for me uh, personally, I love our library. It's open 24 hours. So it's pretty flexible for each student if you want to come early or late. And depends on actually your own timetable, basically. Uh, but um, there are also uh, many printers. So when I want to scan something, copy, uh, there are so many opportunities that I can do it in one place, everything together. And library uh, has many quiet spaces on, so that or there's a good place to meet with your um, schoolmates module mates and work on your assignment so really recommend Definitely. Thank you for that. There's um, usually lots of places on university campuses for you to study. Um, at the University of Essex specifically, we have a library, multiple IT labs, a student center and free classrooms for you to use as well. Um, so as Timia mentioned, she does prefer the library. The library is a bit more of a quieter place um, for students to sit down and study in comparison to the student center where you can come bring your own laptop um, or use the computers provided there. Um, you can sort of have chats with your friends there as well. So it is a bit more of a relaxed study space. Um, there's also other facilities available for students such as academic services, tutorials and support groups. So you don't ever have to feel alone um, when you come to university. I know that that's something that is on a lot of students' minds, um, but you definitely have a lot of support services available to you. It's also really important to remember that every university will offer um, a variety of different facilities, as Karina mentioned, and they'll all have different systems in the way that they operate as well. Uh, you can check out the university's facilities by looking online or visiting in person on an open day. So there's a lot to do whilst you're at university. So it's really important that you don't shut yourself away studying for hours. You should find a balance between studying and socialising, and that's why universities offer so many wonderful additional activities for you to enjoy. At university, there will be a venue called the Student Union, who will offer a huge variety of sports clubs and societies and more, um, as well as opportunities for volunteering and part-time work. Your university may also have cafes, restaurants and bars on campus for you to use when you're not studying. So Rebecca, please could you just explain what the Student Union is and how you use your free time and, and whether that includes the Student Union or not? Okay, so the way I like to describe the Student Union is just like a body of students for students. And the Student Union is very helpful with societies and sports, like you just said. 
And I remember when I first started and I didn't know anything like what's going on on campus at uni. The student union had a website and then it had like what's on events on it. So I can kind of see what was going on throughout the day and throughout the week as well. And what I used the most, I would say, was the cinema. We had a cinema on campus and it was by the student, it was run by the student union. And the first time I went, it was actually because I did an event with Student Union and I won free cinema tickets. So I was like, oh, okay, let me go check it out. And it was really good because it was like half the price you pay in normal cinema. And it was really recent movies as well. I and mean, then you just get to watch it on campus as well. So you didn't have to travel out of campus. I really liked that. Thank you for that, Rebecca. And Tamia, are there any parts of the Student Union you particularly enjoy that you think our listeners might not know about or have experienced before? What was really special for me was the variety of societies. So the student union, union shelters also um, lots of um, hobbies. So um, these societies, it can be about art and craft, sports, um, or even um, movie societies, cultural societies. Uh, so there is uh, much to choose from. Um, and also what I really like where uh, or are still one of events, for example, Christmas run with Santa. Then also I remember um, an egg hunt day or there was actually the whole week. So there is a lot of activities um, for students to participate. And then you can also take a photo of it and be a part of any competition. So this, uh, that's really great. That's really cool. Um, we're going to talk a bit more about um, some of the bigger scale events like Freshers Week and Freshers Fairs a bit later on. Um, but these sorts of opportunities are fantastic for students because not only can you have a bit of fun, um, make friends and socialise, some of these um, opportunities can also deepen your knowledge and help you to gain skills that you might not have had before. And, and Tamir, would you mind just um, talking about why this is so important for students. It's very important for socialising. As uh, you come into a new environment, you don't know many people, anyone really, and it's really easy way to start chatting and talking. And the societies are usually the first step, like what interests uh, interests you and. The, the others have the same interests. So it's really easy. And then you suddenly become the best friends during the whole year. Thanks one society meeting. Definitely. Um, those those first few weeks in at university with, with Freshers Week and Freshers Fairs and then joining those societies and clubs really will help you to, to gain those friendships um, for your, um, your university experience. And not only that, these experiences will also help you to gain skills that will contribute to the future for life in general and for any future jobs or careers. Um, so we've talked a bit about how you guys um, spend your free time and the events and, and societies that you've been a part of. Um, but I'm intrigued to know what your average day is like as a student. So let's start with Tamir first. Um, could you just share with our listeners what an average day um, as a student is like, please? 
For me, a basic uh, usual day uh, is I basically get up, have uh, something for eat, and then it really depends on my schedule. So if I have um, morning classes or lectures, I go uh, go there. Um, then I have, have a meeting with my uh, friends if I have a break there between lectures or classes. And then probably I finish around four and I have something to eat again and um, go for a society meeting or I have a sport class. Uh, so something really more energetic after the whole day of sitting and concentrating. And then sometimes I watch a movie alone or with friends and we are still chatting. So that's really important to share what was going on during the whole day for me and for them. I um I just want I just wanted to say that I love that you mentioned that you you have something to eat because um it's important to stay energized when with your studying and all your and the socializing and and the sports as well so it's important to make sure that you're you're well fed and and prepared for your day. Um Rebecca is your is your day any similar to Tamir's or or different? My day I usually like never the same. It just depends on the day. My course varies, so I, I tend to have a lot of free time. I tend to have really, really less contact hours. Sometimes I have two days in a week where I don't have lectures at all. Sometimes I only have lectures just once. So I have a lot of free time. So what I usually do, I have a list of things I need to complete in that day. And I just do it whenever I feel like <laughs> I feel like it. And I think that's the flexibility of being a student. You're working at your own time, in your own way. So different days, I have different routines. Sometimes I work at home. Sometimes I go to the student center. Sometimes I work alone. Sometimes I work with friends. Sometimes I just focus on socializing and sometimes I just work till 12 o'clock at night. So it really, it really varies. And I think I like that flexibility and being able to do things in my own time. And, and how do you make sure that you've got a good balance between your studying, but also socializing and having that free time as well, just to, to relax? I think what I do is the to-do list. So I have, I like, even though I, even though my days are free and I do whatever I feel like doing, I do plan what I need to complete each day for work. And if there was an event or society or uh, somewhere I want to go to, I also put that in my plan for the week. So I know on Tuesday I need to do six hours of work. What, however, I split those six hours depending on how I feel on, on that day, but I make sure that six hours of work is completed or I'm like, okay, on Thursday I have two hours lectures and another two hours lectures. I know I definitely need to go to those. So I just plan out what is priority and what I need to complete each day, but then I do it in whatever way I feel like <laughs> doing it. And then I manage to manage to work. Thank you very much, Rebecca and Tamia, for your insights into um, sort of how you balance your socializing and studying and how all of that functions together. Um, the next sort of topic area that I wanted to move on to that I think is really crucial um, is living on your own. Um, 
at university. So when you begin university, you can choose to live on campus and in the halls of residency. You don't necessarily have to, but that is an option. Um, examples of what students look at to distinguish different accommodations include looking at how many people you'll be living with, uh, what the shared common area provides, and whether it's an ensuite or not. But the list isn't limited to that, definitely. Um, so can I ask, Timia, did you um, stay in accommodation in your first year? Um, if so, why, why did you choose it? I decided to stay um, on the campus as I wanted to absorb the atmosphere of the campus, the university. And I was living in the North Towers, but like this place is quite, I would say, busy and crowded. But for me, it was that I want to meet many people and I want to talk to them like they're also from different corners of the world. So this was really important for me that I was that my accommodation will um, will occupy me kind of also. That's great. And did you have an ensuite? And for any of our listeners that don't know what that is, um, that is a sort of joint bathroom. So you can either have a bathroom connected to your room um, or one that you share in communal spaces. So was that something that you had? Was that something that you worried about at all? Um, and what did you think about the common areas as well that were provided? Um, no, I had uh, no ensued. As the North House, it's basically about sharing a common space like uh, the kitchen and the bathroom and toilet with the others. But for me personally, it wasn't that big issue as I was previously living also with some um, friends of mine. And Fatma, so it was pretty, pretty fine for me. That's perfect. Thank you so much. And Rebecca, what was your choice um, in accommodation if you do did end up choosing um, halls of residency? I lived in the meadows because, because when I came for open days, I saw towers and I saw meadows and I just didn't like the towers. My preference, I think for me, I wanted to meet people, but not too many people. And then Ansu was very, very important for me. I wanted to have my own bathroom. And I think also I like the fact that the Meadows was just a bit away from the central part of campus. So you can, you can get away a bit while the towers is in them is on campus. So I think that was very important for me. And in the Meadows, there wasn't as many people as towers, but there were still people. And the people I knew that lived in my accommodation also did my course. So it was kind of nice to go to lectures together. That's very nice. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, there is so much, so many different types of accommodation available um, across all of the universities in the UK. Um, so we definitely recommend sort of having a look into it. I will have to stick with Timmy on this one because when I was an undergraduate, I did live in the towers as well. So I'll always, always stick to that. Um, but I can definitely see why you made your choices to um opt for an ensuite um, accommodation. Um, so, Timio, what did you do in your second or third year? What were your next steps after living in halls of residency? I have to say that um, 
except uh, the SU, we have also um, the SU homes. So we have the office that uh, helps uh, students to find accommodation outside the campus. Um, so during in my first year, we went there with a friend of mine. We asked them what they have, if they have any free houses to to book and go to see. Um, and we decided after many viewings go for a house, a small house in Wuvenhoe. So that's let's say 15 to 20 minutes um, from the campus. It's a lovely green area because I really like sport and running. And that was for me a win-win. <laughs> so we decided there was actually a house for three students. And uh, yeah, we signed a contract and that it was, but the SU homes are really helpful. Thank you very much for that. And for any of our listeners that aren't familiar with what SU Homes means, it's essentially just um, part of the students' union organization at the university. And they're just there to sort of help you sort out and take those first steps in um, living in your own new rented um, apartment or house with other students. Um, so they're just there to sort of support you. It's like a lettings agency on campus. Um, so when you move out of home, it can be quite overwhelming um, as you take on a whole bunch of new responsibilities. And these responsibilities include things like doing your own cooking, cleaning, washing dishes, doing your own laundry and things like learning how to budget, which if you want any more tips on that, um, you can check out our Managing Money episode. Um, but Rebecca, how was your experience doing these things completely independently? Did you struggle at all? Did you have to learn anything at all? I think for me, I didn't struggle that much compared to others. Um, but what I did struggle with was eating <laughs> because as students, we're always on the go, we're always doing, we're always doing things. It's kind of hard to remember to eat sometimes. So I struggled with remembering to cook meals and actually eat. And in terms of budgeting, I think I was pretty okay with budgeting. Um, but I would say it was difficult with the laundry at first. I remember like me and my flatmates, we had people that would go back home and take the laundry back home. <laughs> because they just didn't know how to use the laundry. But once we figured it out, because we had uh, the laundry place was just right next to us, so it wasn't that difficult, but we just didn't know how to use it. But once we learned how to use it, it was good to do our laundry. I will say I, I completely, completely relate to you, Rebecca. And just for our listeners, um, so they know the, um, laundry mach machines aren't the ones that you're used to at home as well. They are quite, complicated um so i don't blame you at all it's quite tricky isn't it <laughs> yeah <laughs> so earlier we were talking a bit about the societies and and extra events that the student union and the university offer but what about freshers week then um, when you first start university um, rebecca would you mind sharing what your experience of that was like freshers week when i first started university it was nerve-wracking a bit because there was a lot of people but it was also very exciting there was so many different events going on and now that I'm thinking about it I remember the, the SU had um daytime events and nighttime events which I really liked because some people don't like going out at night but they still want to network and meet people so they had day 
nighttime events and obviously they had nighttime events for people that are going out at night but I one of the days when I went to was like a friendship speed dating kind of thing I don't know what to call it and then you basically just meet random people you talk for like a minute and then you move on to the next person you talk for a minute I thought that was really cool and then they have um I think international students mixes women mixes postgrad mixes and like just different group mixes so of, for international students it's good to like meet other international students for postgrad it's good to meet other postgrad I remember they had events like that during freshman week and that was really cool that's great and especially if our students or listeners are a little bit nervous about making friends freshers week is the perfect opportunity and and that speed dating friendship thing that you mentioned um that sounds really cool and a a great way to meet some um some amazing people so and and throughout the year so at christmas and easter there are uh, other events in the day and the evening that associate with that um with that seasonal event so there's so much to take part in um and a great way to have fun alongside your studies um so thank you both um Tamia and Rebecca for your tips and advice today. We hope our listeners have learned a little bit about what university life is like as a student and how they can make the most of their own experience, including top tips for studying at university and taking part in the huge variety of opportunities that will be on offer at every university. Remember, it's not just about studying and there are fun parts to it too, which are just as important as they can contribute to the development of your knowledge and your transferable skills to become a successful student um, and for the future as well. Thank you again to our guests and also our listeners for tuning into this week's episode of Life as a Student. If you have any questions, don't forget to send them in via Twitter using the hashtag UnderstandingUni or send an email to outreach at essex.ac.uk. Additional resources will be posted on the website and sent to you via email if you're a registered listener. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Don't forget to like and share with your family, friends and colleagues. The University of Essex podcast. Research, experience and information. 